Hey everybody, welcome back to Garage Talk. As always, I'm Conrad. Let's go. I'm Ted. We're going to rock and roll. Hey, today in the garage we have Coach Stefan Hammaker. How are we doing, man? Oh, we're doing great. Doing great? Doing great. Why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, just a little bit? No, well, <laughs> tell, us, tell us everything. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, start with coaching. Um, this next year I'm going to try something new. I've never coached it before. Ran a lot of 5Ks in the past and that type of thing, but I'm going to try my hand at uh, boys and girls cross country. I've been the head girls basketball coach at Franklin High School for the not the past 12 seasons because I had a three-year break in there. Coached three years, three years off, and then came, came back, back for nine. Yeah, so nine consecutive, 12 total. Did you come back in 2014 or would have been? I, I can't remember if it was the 13, 14. So 14 okay. postseason, I believe. Okay. Um, and then last year we were on the verge of losing our tennis program. We only had two kids coming back, and only one of them was a varsity player. So uh, it looked like that we were only going to have a single one singles playing. So I jumped in, and then I started recruiting basketball players like crazy, and then we, we had 20 kids last wow. year come out. So Man, you had 20 kids Yeah, we had out. 20 kids. Well, a lot of me walking around and saying, hey, you want to play tennis? I've never hit a ball before. It's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, and then, uh, again, yeah, cross country this next year. We'll see how that goes. Boys and girls head, head coach for that. That's awesome, man. How do you keep your schedule straight? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a busybody, so the more I'm So doing, you love this yes, stuff. Yeah, the more that I'm doing, the better. Um, I, I probably, basketball-wise, I didn't even finish high school through basketball. Um, it was more important for me to go get a job <laughs> and, and have money to spend. I uh, grew up in a, in a single-parent household, so... We didn't always have money to do everything, so I went and got a job, stopped playing basketball. Basketball is the longest season, most demanding. Um, but the one sport that I did play all four years was tennis, and I played for Rick Baumholt. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So just, you know, just a, general, a generalization of what you think makes a good coach because you've, you look like you had a lot of success. And I know that a lot of good coaches don't see that. So what what do you think in your eyes makes a good coach? Um, I think the, the willingness to learn is the, the most important thing. I think if once you think you have it all figured out, it's time to it's time to step away because <laughs> once you stop learning, uh everybody else is gonna pass you. Um I I was very fortunate and very lucky to have three great mentors um and talk about timing. Uh, at Frankton High School in my first stint three years and kind of realizing that I'm not really that good at it. And I know we had a winning season all three years, but it was just kind of, mm, I'm not sure not sure that, I, that I'm cut out for this. And um, my wife and I had our third kid, and so I thought this is too much on my plate, jumped out. And then uh, got an opportunity to kind of sit back and watch Coach Brobston, who's our boys coach, and he's had a lot of success as well. Coach Robston also had Marty Carroll on his staff. That's the Ellick boys coach. Marty Carroll coached with Garth Cohn from Ellick. So 
you just talk about pedigrees there. I mean, it's 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 just it was an opportunity for me just to kind of come and go, and I'd sit sit in on practices, and I felt like I learned so much. And then when I did come back, uh, Coach Robson and Coach Carroll separately would come into my practices, help me. They wanted me to be successful. They wanted us to do well. Um, but I think a big a big part of being a good coach is getting kids to buy in to what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's less about it's less about okay if we run this system or we run this system. Um, I think it's about getting kids to buy in, and you can tell kids all day long that you love them, but if you're not showing them, then it just doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't go anywhere. So, um, and then I had another coach who I brought on as an assistant coach who had been a head head coach elsewhere, and then he really showed me the competition side. So Coach Brobston showed me the defensive side. Coach Carroll showed me the offensive side, and then I had another coach. Uh, his name was Grant Fulton, younger than I was, and he just he believed in competition in every single drill that we did. Yeah, um, and I did. That's not the way I was doing things at the time, and it was like, okay, we'll try it. And all of a sudden, things started to kind of go in the right direction. So you've seen a little something there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think at the end of the day. You're, you're, you can be a good coach, but uh, you got to have some horses. I mean, I, mm-hmm. right now, um, Coach Robson went to the state finals two times, and uh, he was able to win one of them, lost one of them, but he, he had the horses. Now, what he what I thought he did really well was uh, being able to teach defense and mixing up the defenses, but his kids still reach out to him. They know that they can call him. They know that the, he's going to be there in their corner. Um, I think that's the big part. Does the kid actually believe that you love them? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's might sound like lip service, but I mean, yeah. really, that's what they want. That's what they 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 want you. They want to know that you're in their corner. Well, in the twelve seasons that you've been coaching, how has building relationships with your players changed from the first season to this past season? Um, I think I think early on in my coaching career, all I cared about was winning games, um, <laughs> and and I think once I stopped focusing on winning games and talking to kids daily, a uh, big part of what we do in practice, I normally circle around. We always do a pre-practice and a war- and a warm up at the beginning of practice. So I just try to circle around and make small talk with them. Um, I'm sure they think it's awkward sometimes, but they at least know that I'm vested in what they're trying to do and asking them about uh, their classes and, hey, what happened with this, and try to get them to laugh a little bit, to be loose. Um, but I know once I stopped focusing on what the end product was with wins and losses and I started focusing on the day-to-day mm-hmm. and just trying to winning today and getting better today, um, I really noticed that we started to, to kind of make a change. And uh, when you've got kids that you're trying to make that change – because I think in 2018 we won our – I think we that was the first team in Franklin girls basketball history that was made it to a Final Four team because it used to be on the old alignment, the mm-hmm. regionals that were won before. And uh, we went to the semi-state. But those kids wanted to buck back a little bit as I tried to change and make things more competitive um, and try to – like they didn't know how to read. Like all of a sudden, why does he keep talking to me? Like I mean, it was a little bit. It took an adjustment, and I can remember that particular summer, which would have been the seventeen eighteen school year, looking each kid in the eye at a game after we just got demolished by a Westfield team, which I always would try to go to summer and play the hardest competition that we mm-hmm. possibly could, and we got shredded, and the kids were 
starting to point fingers and blame me. And, and we just sat in a circle and said, listen. And I looked at each one of them in the eyes like, I love you. I need you on this team. I love you. I need you on. And they, and that was kind of when I first started doing that. Um, and then we were able to, we were able to go on a run at the end of that season, but it was, there were small things that I was already doing, trying to, trying to change the culture of the program and uh culture is so it's huge it's It's huge it's huge and it's hard to change you know you come in there and Mm -hmm. they're used to whoever was there last well that was my culture all i cared about was wins and losses so i mean that was i was fighting my own culture so you did your own like self-reflection yeah absolutely absolutely and and tried to and again same thing just willingness to learn willingness to to get better and I realized that I was just missing out on so many different things. That's pretty cool, man. That is. That's well, you know how it is. You got to teach these kids life lessons too. Absolutely, you know, it's, absolutely. It's gonna, they're going to go through the same kind of thing when they get out of school. But yeah, that culture—that's that's big. So, getting those kids to buy in, going back to what I previously said, getting them to buy in now versus. Year one, no, it's 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 easy now. I mean the <laughs> the protocol's been set, so okay. I don't have to I don't have to on a daily basis look them in the eye and say I need you, I love you. They already know, yeah. and and it's not weird. Yeah. And even if my wife was here, she'd be like, "Yeah, he does that." And mm-hmm. the kid walks by, and I say, "Hey, love you, kid." Yep. And they're like, "Love you, coach." And that's that's a normal that's a normal go uh, back and forth. But again, that took time for that mm-hmm. to not be weird. So kids probably have they've told each other. Hey, this is what you know to expect mm-hmm. when he, you get here, mm-hmm. and just be ready. Yeah, be it's, ready. <laughs> it might seem weird. <laughs> it might seem strange, but it's coming from a good place. Absolutely, absolutely. And and again, I think that's all. All kids, no matter what background they have, if it's a rough background, they've got both parents. They just want to know. They just want to know you're there for them. They just want that support. And uh, if it's, anything, I think that's. Probably over time, what I've yeah. been able to do the best. Does Frankton have uh, the same variety of kids in their community as we do here? Uh, uh, well, you grew up here and you yeah, graduated yeah. from here. Well, I would say that it, it's a little bit more aligned and more similar to when I graduated from here. Okay. Um, we're not incredibly diverse, um, but we are a little bit, but not not a lot. Um, but we've got hardworking kids. Um, I get called by most of the staff at work a river rat. They see the river rat coming out at me. So, and I'm like, hey, I'm an e- I've been an eagle longer than I was a river rat, but that river rat's still inside of me. So, um, but you know, they, I mean, competition is competition, and if you can just get kids to to guide it, I can remember the competition that we would have, and and I kind of. I wanted to go get a job also because I read the writing on the wall. I had Jake Swanner behind me and Braden Bushman behind me, and I'm a I'm a six foot two, not the best shooter, not not a post player, not the best ball handler. So I kind of knew that my playing time was going to be limited. So maybe maybe it's time to go get a job. So, um, but no, those those were kids that were I thought were great competitors. There wasn't a day probably that I didn't. I was going to the pool to Gas City Pool, which I did had that job for five summers, and every summer I'd look over at Jake Swanner shooting hundreds of or thousands of jump shots, and I'd just be thinking, "What is he doing?" But yeah, I know now why he was so good. He worked at it. So, some kids have that in them. Absolutely, you know, they they just want to be better and better mm. and better. Mm. Uh, did you play? 
You played under Adrian Ritchie. So uh, Ritchie, so we was during that? my time, it, there was there was like just quick changeover, okay. quick changeover, quick changeover. So um, Adrian Ritchie, and then Hahn was here for one year, and yeah. then uh, McPherson okay. took over after that. But I played for Adrian, so okay. Um, do you think, like I asked uh, Jay Smartin from Madison Grant, I, I asked him. The time of the really hard-nosed coaches with the loud voice getting knee-deep in your butt and chewing you mm-hmm. out, is that gone? Is that kind of coaching gone? Um, I think you can still have high expectations. We call them, in our program, we call them non-negotiables. And it's, but I'm, not also, I'm also not going to chew them out all the way down to the end of the bench it's normally real quick and with our team you got to high five everybody when you come mm-hmm. off the floor um we believe a high five just kind of gets you back into that next play mentality but uh they i mean we're telling them as they come yeah. off but it's not just belittling them or anything like yeah. that i i think that that is i think that that's kind of going to the wayside for sure because um kids don't kids don't want to play for that anymore Mm-mm. and i'll be honest with you my daughter was on the team. <laughs> I got two daughters on the, t- or I had two daughters on the team. So, one graduated this year. But it was uh, my wife always thought I was harder on them. But I just, it was still normal conversations. <laughs> That's a little something I've kind of noticed. Uh, a father coach, mm. they were either too hard on their kid or too easy on their yeah, kid. Yeah. But no, I think I think for sure that that's that's going away a little bit, and that, it's it's kind of part of the reason why I kind of self reflected. There was there were a lot of things that weighed in on uh, kind of my decision for at the end of this season, which as you get older, yeah, as I get older. Um, but uh, I, and I don't know if if you are aware of this or not. I had told told him already, but um, yeah, I, I decided to to kind of step away from basketball this year. I, I kind of felt like I lost my fire a little bit. Okay. Um, and, I, and when I say fire, the the main reason for me was I wanted to be a, a good dad. And when you've got a, two kids coming home, one one's graduating this year, but two kids are coming home and they're saying, "Hey, will you take me to the gym?" And when my answer is no every time because I don't want to go back to the gym, there's that's a problem uh-huh. in my opinion. So, um, my biggest focus I'm dad first, coach, and everything else second. Uh-huh. So, and really that's supposed to be third because I'm employed as a teacher at the school yeah, corporation right. as well. So, <laughs> what do you teach at the school? Uh, I teach seventh grade science. Science. So, I talked about Rick Baumhold earlier. I mean, I, he he was probably when I was in high school the closest thing I had to a dad. Um, Mike Hanrahan was his uh, his stepson. Stepson. Yeah. Yep. And I was friends with Mike. So. I think I think the bomber, as I always called him, the bomber always kind of knew that I needed I needed some guidance, and so he would kind of pull me in. I yeah. feel like he always asked Mike, even when Mike and I were on the outs, because you know what high school, yeah. uh-huh. how high school boys are sometimes. He'd always be like, you "Need to get Stefan over here. You need to get Stefan over here." So, um, but he was my tennis coach. He was my eighth grade basketball coach. He taught science. I think that in a lot of ways I patterned kind of him in a lot of ways and. Yeah. Uh, I was just camping with Mike. All my all our friends would get together and camp once a year, and we we kind of had a big little little sorrow fest for <laughs> for not bomber not being here because I mean he was a big influence for all of us, my yeah. group of friends. So isn't it incredible how some teachers can just make such an impact? Mm, absolutely, I yeah. have so, I have like 
Mr. Hall in middle school. Yeah, yeah. And and Mr. Ballinger, I, and Tom Ray, Plinko board and basketball goal yeah, were in my man. classroom. Yeah. I, I, listen, I stole all these ideas of what other <laughs> teachers did. So, so you have the tickets, and I didn't do the tickets. Okay. I didn't do the tickets, but I did do. Uh, yeah. I'd had the basketball goal, yeah. and and had the Plinko board. So it, all those things, man, made his class like yeah. I want. Uh, Mr. McPhail, the other good one. He, he, I ran into him at the Indiana State Fair, and he knew my name. Wow! I've been out of high school for. I'm going on. I don't even want to say how long I've been out, but he was like Mr. Herrera. I was like Mr. McPhail. He was in his Johnny uh, Apple suit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get up. And I, I looked, I looked at D, and I said, "Hey, he used to tell me all the time." You cross the line, that butt is mine. Yeah, yeah. Because I would act like a fool out in the halls. <laughs> but, you know, he kind of straightened me out. And uh, Mr. Childers, yeah. great teacher. I mean, those teachers are important. So you're kind of going full circle. Oh, no, absolutely, absolutely. Another another great teacher for me was Mr. Burchett. Oh, yeah, yeah Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Burchett, was, and, he taught me how to drive. I was going to say, that's what's crazy. I had He was my FCA director. That was probably where I connected with him more, but that's the only thing I ever had in class for was uh, for student driving. So. Yeah. yeah I, st- I see him out yeah. walking yeah. on well, the Cardinal Greenway all the time. I talked to him at the last basketball game I went to, and I graduated in 82, so yeah. I'm, I'm old. But, you know, he was always 1882. Our... <laughs> With he, Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he, he, he still rattles off the starting five he had wow. in sixth wow. grade. He remember, Charlie Fisher was somebody else that he remembered everybody. Yeah. You know, Rick Baumholt was my freshman coach yeah. in basketball. And you were talking about Adrian Ritchie because my son, Rocky, played for yeah. him. Yeah, And uh, it's interesting because you say, you know, everybody's going to give a high five when they come out of the game. Which I've seen that at other schools too, but I can remember when Rocky played for Richie. He said, "It's cold out in winter. You had to have a coat on and a hat, yeah. and you had to shake his hand before you left the gym every yeah. practice." Yeah. So Don Daly was like, yeah, "He's my freshman basketball coach. I still to this day, by far, hands down, the best coach I'd ever had. Mm-hmm. He, he he demanded me to be respectful without." Being demanding. Right. So, coaches are aligned with teachers on how impactful you guys can be. And it's some something that I've noticed this year. I haven't seen but a handful of coaches be screaming at basketball games. You're one of them. I, I didn't notice you doing it. Coach Liddick, I feel like he's cool as a cucumber because <laughs> – I don't know if it's because he was playing Missinawal, but I seen him sitting with his leg crossed. I yeah, was like, yeah. he's relaxing. Well, I think I think for for Lydic and I, and we've we've mm-hmm. traded notes through the through this time because we've coached each other so long uh, against each other for so long, and I think you get to a certain point where you know that as a coach, you've done your job, and like the players have to execute. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> they have to know the scouting report. They actually have to know how they're defending this person or. They were trying to limit this kid to a number a number of rebounds, and if they don't do their job, they don't do their job. We'll show them on film, mm-hmm. and we do a lot. We we would do a lot of film breakdown and be like, "Okay, what happened here?" And we just make the kid own it, and they don't like that. Right. <laughs> exactly, they don't like that. <laughs> so, go ahead, Coach. Ted. What growing up, 
what all sports did you play around here? Okay, so first of all, I'm actually originally a South Marion kid. I didn't start here in elementary school. Um, we were on we were on welfare and grew up that way. And then my mom my mom is a success story, and I actually mm-hmm. give her probably the most credit for for who I am today because um, got her act together, decided to go and become an RN, became a nurse, wow. and then as soon as she knew, because we lived on we lived a block from Thirty Eighth and Boots, and mm-hmm. this is before Indiana Wesleyan started buying everything up, so it was it was pretty rough mm-hmm. area that we lived in, and um, she. Graduated from college, said, okay, we're moving to Gas City. Bought a house on Walnut. All of a sudden, I'm there and don't have any friends and go to school the first day and uh, start meeting kids. Jeremy Nash was, was probably one of, my, one of my first friends in fourth grade. Um, then I think Ailes switched schools. They changed, the I think, the district, district team. Um, he was at maybe East. Yep. And then they brought East to Northview. Uh-huh. And so Ailes became one of my close friends in fifth grade and kind of stuck with him he's he's still still a good friend Mm -hmm. so big supporter of my program as well so (laughs) he just doesn't know that he has to help support cross country too (laughs) (laughs) haven't told him yet cross country i that's that's something i've never coached have you nope no i never liked to run yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's good sometimes but i'm starting to feel my age Starting to feel my yeah. age, especially in my hip. I have a feeling I'm, I'm going to be on a golf cart with a uh, mega horn <laughs> behind him. So. Hey, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's something you see on the movies. Well, you move back to Gas City, you can have a golf cart. Yeah. There you go. There Everybody's go. got yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's happening in Frankton, too. Is it so, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering because I don't know, but does being having a successful program, does it go deeper than just, you know, you just happened to be coaching these girls as freshmen all the way up through their high school career are you involved what does your developmental program look like so yeah i mean we're we're super involved um and now i got to try to figure out how to do that for cross country and tennis but um we do i in the summer i do kinder or actually i do preschool incoming preschool really no, incoming kindergarten. So I start with the preschool, and then we break it into sessions. So the little, little kids, I call it herding cats because, uh-huh. I mean, there's yep. not – I mean, but it's just <laughs> it's introducing them. And I, and I feel like I have to get ahead because built-in softball. Softball's automatically got built-in. Okay, they get to go play in their little leagues. Um, volleyball's got a little bit of an uphill climb like basketball, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because they – it's – takes a while before you can really get the hand-eye coordination right. to do volleyball but um i start out super young and then in the fall and that's and i actually do that incoming kindergarten through incoming eighth and we have a camp and i think we average probably right around 95 kids wow. a summer so and we just do it for the week um try to express the importance of of you got to work hard at everything you do matter of fact all our camp shirts always say work hard become legendary and just try to feed that in early and then um in the fall i do second through fifth do another clinic and then i put those kids on teams and then my sixth seventh and eighth obviously are going to play school ball but no we've got we've got second through fifth grade playing in all season leagues wow and we normally on average have about anywhere from eight to twelve kids it's just according to the particular grade but um, I know the league that we were playing in, it was supposed to be third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And my sixth grade doesn't play because we've got school. Some right. of them do. Some of them try to double dip. But um, 
I, I think I was the first to say, hey, can we throw a second grade in? And they're like, well, they're going to have to play third mm-hmm. and fourth graders. It's like, it doesn't matter. We're, we're, yeah. we're okay mm-hmm. with it. The coaches will express. It's not about how many wins and losses right. you, you get. And so everybody was playing on 10 foot, except we've got our little second grade teams. We would take our own goal, the kind that you sit on the rim, mm-hmm. kind of lock it into place. And we had second graders playing wow. third and fourth grade teams. And I feel like that's just kind of kind of continued. We've had we always taught the better competition you play, the better you're going to be. Yeah, That's, yeah. But that, that, like you said, now you got to flip this into cross country. And yeah, tennis, yeah, right. Get, get your off season program going, are, and, and, and unfortunately, <laughs> those are kind of considered secondary yeah, sports. Yes. There's not as much glory in those, <laughs> uh-huh. but uh, shorter seasons and not quite as demanding. So um, I, I was going to mention that because basketball is a long season. If well, you're basketball coaching. is the longest kind, season. kind of almost year yes, round, pretty yes. much. I've done the math. It's eight months. Oh, it's eight man. months. We're we're in the gym for eight months now. There's a month and a half in the spring, a month and a half in the fall where we're not going six days a week. Right. But um, our full month of June, we're in there every day uh-huh. or playing somewhere, yeah. playing games somewhere. We play normally fifteen to twenty games during the month of June. So, um, and practice on all those other days. Uh-huh. So, crazy, crazy. With crazy. that developmental program, are you designing what should be? what skills should be worked on at practice so i invite all those coaches and that's the beauty of me having that little clinic right i get to and then i invite those coaches to come watch like hey if you need to see kind of what i'm doing what Mm -hmm. needs to be worked on obviously you can expand but they need to have a ball in their hand they need to be dribbling everybody's got to know how to dribble Mm -hmm. um got to know defense got to know that they need to be in between their person and the basket and then as they kind of progress and get a little bit older, I'll add some more things. And then we start working on defensive drills. And those older coaches, I say, hey, you should be doing this. And at the end of the day, it's up to them whether or not they're going to do that. I don't right. have the time to follow up and go to their uh-huh. – because they're, yeah. they're only practicing once or twice right. a week. And there's just no way I can get into their – wherever they might be practicing mm-hmm. because we don't have a ton of gyms. So we got to get a little bit creative as to where you can get gym space. But uh, kind of kind of give them that, that foundation and – um, I think handpicking the coaches is a big is a big part mm-hmm. because if if you have people that you know are kind of naturally go getters and a little bit competitive, you know that they're going to hopefully do things the right way right. and try to make sure that 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 their kids group is successful. Exactly. So, and a big thing for me, all my teams, if you come watch our sixth grade, if you come watch our seventh grade, if you come watch our eighth grade, they play man to man. Really, they play man to man, and knowing that they can win games in junior high playing uh-huh. zone and i just tell them that's not the that's not the purpose is to win games in junior high right it's to be a sectional champion in high school exactly that's what have i been saying bring, bring it up bring it up conrad where's the <sighs> bottleneck middle school is the bottleneck yes middle school is mm-hmm. it's the bottleneck it's where you either win players or lose players absolutely absolutely uh, i've seen uh just a few times, you know, your best basketball player doesn't always go into high school playing basketball. They either veer off and start playing volleyball or veer off and play, you know, whatever. Softball or, yeah. Yeah, softball or. Start to specialize. Mm-hmm. Special, yep. yes. Uh, I, I love three-sport I love three sport athletes. My oldest daughter's a three-sport athlete. My freshman daughter's getting ready to be a three-sport athlete because she's going to play tennis. She played volleyball and basketball. My son is pretty adamant that he's only going to play basketball. He's a sixth grader. And I'm like, nah, I think next year, seventh grade, you're going to be doing something. And I've always said, got to play at least two. At least two, yeah. And um, 
and then of course both my girls ended up playing three because they can't they, they're a little bit like me need to be busy they uh-huh. like some breaks but okay what's next and also they're like it keeps us in shape right <laughs> well, well keeping all that together is because i admire my my daughter's a senior as well yeah. she this year she went crazy she played soccer basketball had a job uh, on a roll in school, going to play softball. That's awesome. Was considering, because she talked to D. she didn't talk to me because she knows what I'll say. She was talking about going out, going out for track as well. Mm, mm. And she's fast. Yeah, she's pretty fast. Um, but she knew I'd be like, yeah, do it, man. Yeah. Come on, let's go. <laughs> let's go. She needs... She needs some her time. Yeah. You know, and I, that's something, that's another thing. I mean, you know, you, you seeing yourself and saying, I need to concentrate on, you know, being a father yeah. again. Is like the older we get, you know, we do get wiser, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Before it's too late. You, you don't get that time back, right? No, you don't. Um, and, and unfortunately, I'm kind of experiencing that right now. My senior daughter, it's senior night, and... This was kind of the, all these things weigh in, right? And and I'm like I've got no emotion out here right now, and I realize why because I'm we got a game to go play. Oh man! And we had Tipton who who's had six foot three Ashley oh, Strand, yeah. <laughs> um, and all I'm thinking about is I want to win this game. So I think I lost a little bit sight of perspective, lost my fire for the daily. I call it the daily grind because uh-huh. that's really what it is when you're going six days a week every single week. Um, but. Uh, you got you to gotta keep that, try yeah. to balance, right? And, uh-huh. yeah. and I think I was losing that balance just a little bit, especially with basketball, which is highly competitive. Everybody in the stands thinks they know what should be done. <laughs> I'm a and, great bleacher coach, man. <laughs> Fantastic bleacher coach. Well, if you've ever been at one of my games and, and this has ever happened, one of the big things I always do if a kid looks into the stands – I say, I say, they're not the coach. Look at me, and I will scream that, and I don't, I don't care because we cover that in our parent meetings. Uh-huh. You're there, you're there to cheer your kid on. That's that's, and luckily I've had some success, so it's a little bit easier to to say. When yeah. I, when I was doing that at first, some people would be like, "Well, I'm not signing your contract. Uh-huh. Well, your daughter's not going to play." Uh-huh. And and that's a that's a big that's a big gutsy move to try to pull too, but. Um, I've just been doing it just long enough that you kind of, I kind of have figured out what works, what doesn't, and and um, it's definitely a learning process. Speaking so. of that, yeah. So this is just now that you're, you know, mm. stepping away. Yeah. I got a a really good question. Okay. How long How long do you have to see if your program is going to if if your idea of what the program should be. And everybody measures success oh, yeah. differently. Most people measure it by how many games you're winning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of people. Uh, court of public opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I know that a really good coach who gets kids out and gets involved, that's, that's nice. Yeah. And usually it takes a perfect storm, coach like that, the horses. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of basketball knowledge? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you might be surprised to know that I don't push for kids to go play AAU. I tell them to be kids, play mm-hmm. three sports. Um, I say, I always tell them, if you can't learn 
what should be taught to you through me. Mm-hmm. There's a problem. Um, but our but our JV teams have been well above 500, and they're running the same system that our varsity team is running. And I think I think that if you're constantly okay, and this is a, I think this is really hard for young coaches to fight this urge because you're watching film, and you're like, oh man, I like that, and then you're like, okay, we're going to try that. Well, that doesn't carry over. You kind of got to stick to what you're doing, yes. and you got to make sure that you're the best at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if you're trying to add stuff all the time, you're never the best at it. And if you looked at if you looked at my team, you were at the game. Uh, yeah. Who who was our who was really our stud? It's hard to know because mm-hmm. we've got three players that are in double digits. Mm-hmm. Nobody can try to try to hone in and say, yeah. okay, let's run a diamond in one, let's right. run a box in one, let's run a triangle in two. And I've seen those defenses in the past when teams just say we can't beat them, let's do something crazy. But um, I think that we've always been a really difficult team to do that to because we're, we're not just giving the ball to one kid and say, shoot it 20 times. Right. And that's not fun for the other kids. No, I've, ex- I've said this to parents. <laughs> it's not fun. You can win mm-hmm. in rec league and middle school with mm-hmm. one great player. Can't win that no, way in high school. Not in no, high school. No. you got to have teammates. Because what we do as a coaching staff, we look at the, when, we, when we do our scouting report, and our scouting reports are eight pages. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They're mainly for us, but we do hand all eight pages to the kids. They're four front, four back, so it's four pa- mm-hmm. four pieces of paper. And we just flat out say we are not guarding this kid. Like there will be an asterisk. And when we what we mean by that is we'll tell them where their gauge is. We'll be in the paint mm-hmm. or we'll be just outside of the paint. We always let them know where they're going to go to, and they don't leave there. So sometimes it looks like we might be in a different defense because of the, the way that we're playing defense uh-huh. when really we're just playing man-to-man and we're helping – off of one person, two people. So right. if we know someone can't shoot, we're going to let them shoot mm-hmm. their team out of the game. That's, that's awesome. That is. That's and that's kind of like you. You said you don't encourage your kids to play AAU. I mean, I know a, a high school girl around here that she plays AAU, and the parents upset because the AAU coach is trying to change her shot, mm-hmm. and she starts varsity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I think it's just too, it's too many voices, right? Yeah. Like uh-huh. it's too many uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. You gotta. That's exactly it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll be honest with you, I don't care what your form looks like. If you can make the shot, you yeah. get to shoot. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so so this and I get the whole mechanics behind. Okay, if you have your arm here, okay, this arm out, this arm in. You want to make sure that you're lined up. I get all that, but. I mean, Reggie Miller, who, in uh, my opinion, is one of my favorite basketball uh-huh. players of all time. If you watch him shoot, he's, he doesn't shoot in that way. Nope. Bill Cartwright had one of the ugliest jump oh, yes. shots we've ever seen in my life, and he could knock down that mid-range uh-huh. jumper over and over and over. So, uh-huh. really, it becomes the release point. It has less to do with let's change your shot. It has more to do with make sure you take enough shots yep. that your release point is the same every time. So, Muscle memory. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now we're getting into the era of load management. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. I'm not going to play tonight. My well, knee hurts a little bit. Yeah, I, I was watching uh, oh, Jay, uh, Max, and Will, mm-hmm. and uh, they were talking about 2017-2018, this NBA. Mm-hmm. In 2017, that season, they had 26 players that played every game. Want to take a guess, Ted? At how many this season have played every game? 
Probably half. No. I'm going to go zero. Five. Five. Yeah. Okay. There you well, go. I mean, you were five closer. Uh, <laughs> you know, back in the day when we watched it back in the day, mm-hmm. those guys wouldn't take a day off. No, no. No. Well, yeah, I but took, you couldn't go into the lane either. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's, that's true. Yeah. I took my son to a uh, Pacers-Brooklyn Nets game. He's a huge Kevin Durant fan. I, I mean, that's not going to judge him, but that's yeah. who he likes. <laughs> and, um, of course, we've got a Kevin Durant jersey for Brooklyn now. <laughs> now, you know. That's not going to work anymore. I said, hey, Drake, you got your first uh, official throwback jersey. <laughs> um, but, no, we go, and we show up, and I think six players were on load management, oh, and five, and it was, it was five starters and the first person off the bench. So we had to watch Scrubs, and we're going to see Kevin Durant, yeah. really, is who we were, and he didn't even travel with the team. Oh, man. Kyrie, at least, was with the team, so we got to see him <laughs> down on the bench. But you talk about frustrating, especially mm-hmm. the price of uh, price yeah, of tickets. Exactly. Yeah. So, but my son was still appreciative, and he's like, Dad, he's like, I'm not upset. I'm not upset. It's not your fault. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. That's good because it's not my fault. But Back in my day, Michael had the flu. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and what do you do? That, that's like dropped you know, a lot of points. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, I, I would much rather watch high school basketball yeah. or college yeah. basketball. I mean, even Indiana Wesleyan over here. That's just yeah. No, they play so hard. I I, I prefer my son. I can't get my son onto the same. He'll watch IU with me, but uh-huh. that's about it. Uh, he wants to watch NBA, and I'm like Drake. This this is better basketball uh-huh. right here. <laughs> even when I'm frustrated with IU, this is still better right. basketball. It is. I, I'm telling you right now, man, I love going to the high school games. And I was telling Jace Martin this. I could, like, I'm so old now that I'm like, good timeout, coach. That's yeah. a what? Did you, he just called a timeout. He stopped the momentum. That's a good timeout. That's how – is that pitiful, do you think? No, no, it's great. I, honestly, it's just you recognizing yeah. good coaching yeah. because my, mine is always three baskets. If they get three consecutive baskets – timeout my coaches are always in my ear normally if it's like a big three and a two and they're like do we need a timeout and i'm like we're good they're gonna play through it and if they get another bucket i'm like okay timeout hey guys did you uh, forget that that kid could shoot or you're gonna maybe block out a time or two so they don't get a second or third or fourth chance opportunity so so now yeah. that you're not going to be in the huddle anymore mm. what's the craziest thing you said to these kids in a timeout whether it be to calm their nerves or well i've i mean i've done my fair share of annihilating and and getting after them pretty good but uh my my biggest thing is and, and my kid our, my athletes know that when i say you're doing it your way they know what that means and uh-huh. i normally follow it up with if that doesn't piss you off i don't know what will <laughs> because our commitment to <laughs> to our system is is everything else. Right. And other players get frustrated when you know that you're a system team if they're not following into that system. And I've got a I've got some players who have went off. I've been lucky enough to coach some uh division three or NAIA kids. I, I had uh one division one kid that I've coached during my entire career. Um she wasn't able to finish her career there unfortunately, but um you know, when they when they think that they've got to get theirs or they've got to go ahead and take a couple shots, there's a difference between knowing when you're hot and when you're mm-hmm. just chasing points. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is a big difference. Um, 
in 2018, I had two pretty darn good players. I had a, a great point guard slash shooting guard, and then I had a six-footer who, who was a wing player, and we could post her every so often. Um, but she wasn't a true post player. Matter of fact, the offenses that I run, I don't really have a post player. Okay. We, we play with five guards. Mm-hmm. I'll list someone as a forward, but we've got five guards out there. I tell them all the time, everybody's a guard on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, I like going to a game and they're announcing, and add another guard. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be, That'd be us. That'd be us. And we announce one forward. It's normally the shortest player on the floor, too. It's like, wait a minute, that six-footer's not a forward? But um, – you know, I, I had to deal with some of, uh, even though I was kind of in the midst of saying, I need you, I love you, and trying to change that culture that, one, I had took over for that three-year stretch, but also that I was kind of embracing and didn't realize that I was embracing it. Um, but I turned around the following season, and we should have been pretty good, in my opinion, after the 2018, and that would have been the 19th season. I think we were one game above 500. Huh. And, and it was a lot of kids trying to get their numbers. Mm-hmm because they thought they were going to be the next great kid that just left, right. or it was lack of leadership from the kids, um, a lot of locker room issues mm-hmm. where it was always somebody else's fault. I think I think I got blamed quite a bit. Um, and then we, we, come back, we come back the following season and go to the state finals when some of those kids graduate. Right. Some decide not to come back out, and it was like – I mean, not a, I'm not a vengeful or hateful person, but it's almost like I wanted to tell them they were yep. number one, you know, because, like, hey, we did this without you. Yep. Um, but those kids, those kids uh, that kind of had to grind through that mess, they, did, they didn't want that mess to happen again. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a big change of our culture. And that was uh, the class of 22 that graduated. So this would have been Lauren Bates, Cagney Utterback, Shea Simon, Bailey Webb, and they were just no, just hard-nosed, gritty kids, hard workers. Lauren Bates ended up being a 1,000-point scorer, but just wow. barely over. Um, so it wasn't like she was taking 20 shots a game. Uh-huh. She was probably taking 12 shots a game, and mm-hmm. she was able to get there. I mean, that's that to me is more that's, impressive. Yes. Ends up leaving the program as the old-time leading rebounder, and she's a guard. Wow. Leaves the program um, – I want to say she may have been all-time assist. I could be wrong on that. But, I mean, you just talk about that was kind of our philosophy. This is a team. Uh All five people have to touch the ball. I didn't do the old school. Everybody has to touch the ball before we can take a shot because if you're open, you're open. Mm -hmm. But um, our kids kids would – and when you can get to this point when kids are telling other kids and they're not getting ticked off, when they're saying that's not the way we do it, Uh that's – then you know – then you know you've got to that point. Yep. And um, and you you probably hear that every single game. Soak to the bone, right there. Yeah, absolutely, man. absolutely. Then you know you're there, in yeah. my opinion. So yeah. now, how about this? Is one of Conrad's favorite questions for basketball coaches. Okay. Second quarter, you're down ten, fifteen points. You make some adjustments. Two or three new players come in. You make a run. You're tied, or you're up by a bucket at halftime. Who's starting the third quarter? Uh, the team that the, the team that got us on the run and held the run. I think. Um, now I feel like here lately we've always just had starters kind of going back in at halftime, but uh-huh. I've also been pretty fortunate. If you look at our scores, we we competed in almost every single game. Yeah, and even the I think our biggest loss was to Lapel. Yeah, Lapel. Good luck to them this Saturday as yep. they're in the state finals. Yep. Um, it was 17 all at halftime. You beat them earlier. And in we the beat season. them earlier right. in the season. It really came down to. That was to, a big game for Oh, you, it was. Right? It was, yeah. Yeah, that's a big rivalry game. And um, we made, we were, I think, down maybe four at halftime and we made some adjustments and 
I stayed real cool, calm, and collected with the team, which I think you learn as you – You let your defense handle. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and we just made some small little adjustments. Came out in the second half, clawed our way back into the game. Once we got the lead, we never never gave it back up. So um, it, it is what it is. And, and in that particular game, the second time we played them. Was that the game that you played, the first game? Yes. Was that your 200th? That was, yes, that was my 200th. <laughs> so I've now got a basketball that forever says defeating LaPel. So um, that, one, that, was kind of, that was kind of big. And I, I could kind of see the stars aligning. And I don't, I don't normally say a whole lot to my wife about upcoming games, but I was like, "Hey, honey, I'm, I'm going to need some prayers this this game. I really, really want." So, and I, and I never shared that with the kids or anything. And she's always just like, "I got you." Uh-huh. And uh, Lapel had a a tough girl on there. Will, uh, oh yeah, she's a Wills? freshman. Yeah, uh-huh. a freshman. Yep. A freshman. Goodness sakes. Yeah. And and their role players, I think, really stepped up and hit big buckets in that Eastbrook game. And um. I talked to Lytic ahead of time and said, I think it's really going to come down to are they hitting shots or not because they, they if they're missing, it's, it's, you can really expose them. They start arguing, but if they're hitting some shots, then they kind of keep that energy. And that, I mean, Wills, I feel like in the tournament's averaging like 20 and 20, uh-huh. like something silly yeah. as a freshman. So, I mean, that's, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, that is. All you need is like 12 and a half points a game to – from the time you're a freshman till you're a I know, senior, I know. Get a, to hit, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. She's gonna get there. She's gonna be a thousand points. <laughs> She's probably gonna be the all-time uh, leading rebounder and probably crush my kids <laughs> for Frankton, anyways. Crush Frankton's record. I think she ended up with 800 over her over her four seasons. Man, so yeah, that's pretty yeah. impressive. There. Wow. You got now. You you already mentioned some of the coaches that were influential for you. Is there like a college coach that you like really like to watch, whether it's men or women, that just you're like, man, that guy can coach. Yeah, Brad Stevens, uh-huh. hands down. Um, I think early in my coaching career, because I started out as uh, did my student teaching at Elwood, and they were like, hey, you'll get a job here next year if you coach. <laughs> like that's when they were like, I'm like, well, I've never coached anything before. They're they're like, did you play any sports? And I'm like, yeah, I played baseball, I played basketball, didn't play all these in high school, ran track, played tennis. Um, but in my youth, I, I played a little bit of everything, soccer. Um, and then at the time, we didn't have high school soccer, right, and that was right. probably my best sport. So huh. um, tried and tried to get that started and can't, we can't do it. We're not big enough yet, and, and just really? wasn't it wasn't yeah. here yet. And I'm not I'm not upset about that or anything. I, I don't being, like to hear can't. Yeah, well, I, I tried. I think I tried all four yeah. years that I was in school. Yeah. I tried and tried, Damn. and uh, they were just like, "Man, we're just not there yet." So, and I kept trying, but um, all those different uh, all those different sports, right? And so then they said, "Hey, sixth grade basketball, it's yours." And they're like, "It's girls," and I'm like, oh, gosh, "I don't, I don't know." <laughs> And they're like, we're going to pay you $640. And I'm like, you're going to pay me $640? Dumb, dumbness of a college kid. I'm like, I'm going to get one check of $640? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, I'm in. And they're like, sucker. Yeah. yeah. But then, honestly, it really worked out. I get a teaching job the next year. They're like, hey, you did such a great job with basketball. I didn't. Um, But you did such a great job with basketball. We want you to coach uh, sixth grade and seventh grade volleyball. And I'm like, I've never coached volleyball. And they're like, it's all right. You, you learned how to coach basketball. You're going to learn how to do this. The eighth grade coach has been there forever. And I'm like, do they pay $640? And they're like, no. 
the sixth grade place pays six hundred forty dollars. This one pays seventeen hundred dollars, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" So now I'm like, "This is this is unbelievable." Not that I was ever in it for the money, yeah, but it was right. one of those things. It's like this is now we're talking. Uh-huh. Now I know how to bump, <laughs> bump and set. <laughs> and I think back then I was still saying, "Bumps that spike." And I, that and I was like, "Girls, we got to spike the ball." Um, but then, uh, then. Before the season even rolled out, the eighth grade coach resigned, and they were like, we want to move you up to eighth grade. And I'm like, like I don't know if I'm ready. And they're like, you're ready. And so <laughs> they're just, they're just, they're just kind of telling you what you want to hear. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. So I did that for two years. And then uh, volleyball I only did for one because I felt like I really was in over my head and uh, started helping with tennis there at Elwood for okay. boys and girls. Yep. Eventually become the boys' head tennis coach. And then um, – Along with that, I think I was doing – there was something else I was doing. I think I was coaching peewee baseball. I mean, I, ha- I had no idea that I was going to coach that much, but I just – I couldn't say no. It was right. like, yeah, yeah, I'm all over the map. Yeah, goodness sakes. <laughs> goodness That's sakes. quite a resume right there. Yeah. I've only had one ever undefeated team. It was peewee baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and we went we went 14-0 in the regular season and won the, and won the there you uh, go, city man. tournament. Even that's a town tournament. So that was like – I did it undefeated. Do you have that trophy? I do still. <laughs> it's sitting in my classroom. <laughs> and we, the picture. And the picture still yeah. there. Like, this is my undefeated Pee Wee baseball team. We we had Ryan Van Skyhawk on. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah he's he's You know the the funny part is I probably would have never left Elwood, but I but I got rift. Um, reduction in force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was I was a teacher there for six years and uh, nobody was retiring. And Elwood was hemorrhaging students as people were moving mm-hmm. away as the factories closed down yep. in that area. Yep. And um, so at this time, I think I'm coaching – I'm the assistant girls tennis coach at Elwood. I'm the head boys tennis coach at Elwood. And I had, was lucky enough for my first stint to get a job at Frankton as the head girls basketball coach. Wow. Because at Elwood, I had, I had done one year as a varsity assistant uh-huh. as well. And um, – I just went to the school like after I got my pink slip and said, hey, I'm going to be resigning. I said, I'm probably getting out of education altogether. Uh, I think I'm going to go become a fireman. I had a little connection there in Elwood, and I mm-hmm. thought I was going to join the fire department. And um, they were like, oh, no, we'll, we'll find you a job. And they're like, we're going to get you a seventh grade science position. We know somebody's retiring. And I'm like, well, I <laughs> don't have a science degree. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> Nope, state of Indiana passed this law. All you yep. have to do is be able to pass the test. They're like, do you think you can pass the test? I said, I think I can do anything. So uh-huh. went and took the test, passed it, um, and now I'm in my, my favorite teaching job that I've ever had. Really? So, but n- never had any plans to leave Elwood. Was going to continue to teach at Elwood and coach as a lay coach at Frankton. Huh. And, uh, you know, things just work out, I think, the way that they're supposed to. And yep. funny story. Before I got that Frankton job, I actually applied to be the head girls basketball coach at Mississippiwall. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> hold uh, on, I gotta mute my mic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I made it to the final, the final selection, and it, honestly, it was the most intense interview process that I had ever been a part of. Where there were school board members in there, the athletic director, all the principals. And they were just rapid firing questions, and I'm young. Like, I mean, I'm 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 probably really not ready yet. And um, the AD calls me, and he says, "Stefan, he goes, you were a knucklehead when you were in school, <laughs> and he goes, you've matured." And he goes, "I hate to break it to you, we're not going to go in your direction." And he said, "I 
I wanted you to be the next coach. I think that you would have done a great job, but everybody had a voice in that. And uh-huh. He said they wanted varsity experience, and you only being a varsity assistant one year, they just didn't think you were going to be ready yet. So, um, But with that being said, again, I think everything happens for a reason. Uh-huh. I ended up in the place that I was supposed to be. Um, and, and honestly, I don't know that I would have became the coach that I would have, that I am today if I wouldn't have had Coach Bropston and mm-hmm. Coach Carroll there in my ear. And I definitely wouldn't have met Coach Fulton. He would have never been an assistant for me right. here because we crossed paths in Madison County, not in Grant County. Right. So if you were sitting on the other side of that table mm. and it was you asking the questions, what are the questions you want to know? Well, I think I think for me, I would ask again what I've learned in this in this crazy time, this whirlwind that I've been doing. Had no gray hair when I first started the year. So, <laughs> um, I think the the questions I would want to know is I would want to know what are your non negotiables, what are you going to build the foundation of this program, and I think that has nothing to do with basketball. Um, it can be basketball related, but what are your what are your non negotiables? Whether that be in the classroom, whether that be on the floor. If you, if you, if, and then are you going to follow through with those non-negotiables? Right. Because sometimes if it's your star player, it's hard to, mm-hmm. hard to pull that trigger. But normally I just say, get her. She obviously doesn't know. And then my coach who does the subbing, because I have a coach who does the subbing, I call all offenses and defenses. And um, then I've got another coach who does statting. But uh, definitely non-negotiables. What are your non-negotiables for out of the, in the classroom or off the floor and on the floor? Um what is your what is your cultural how are you going to change the culture here and i think if nobody's asking that question and assuming that there's not a culture issue everywhere mm-hmm. then that's i think that's a big mistake cuz i don't care what neighborhood you go into what right. school you go to there's a culture issue that you're going to be fighting um and i and even at frankton i've i've fought it so and i and i feel like we got like hard working farm kids you know but we mm-hmm. still have a culture that we that we fight because they want to regress back when things get tough. Right. And then I would probably ask, what, what, does, what does your offense look like at the beginning of the season? What does your defense look like at the beginning of the season? What does it look like at the end of the season? In other words, are you going to have a system? Uh-huh. Or are you going to change and manipulate as you go? Okay. Good. I, I, I'm wondering, because of the, of the way times are changing, how how in depth questions about mental health mm. and relationship building and maintaining those relationships and what you're going to do to foster a, a culture of you know together mm. togetherness yeah absolutely type thing because yeah. I I'm I'm not surprised by. I don't want to use the term soft, but how how different things are mm. from when I was a kid. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think a big part of that is all of us are, and I'm in this I'm in this boat as well. We're scared to let our kids go ride bikes like we used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're scared to let our kids. Like, I mean, I was a lifeguard at the pool, and I, the kids would get dropped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I would do that with my kids. Um, because I'd be afraid that they would get abducted. I think that mm-hmm. we're, we kind of live in a constant state of fear, and and I know um, it, it's a little bit our faults, <laughs> like as parents, yeah. like we're kind of building this, and kids are they're they're really aware of their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Well, we did that, 
we did that to them. I right. mean, mm-hmm. I remember my mom wasn't home and like I would just go get on my bike yep. at six a.m. and I just ride around until it was time to go to school. Mm-hmm. I didn't get on a bus like at my school. Everybody rides the bus. Really? Yeah. There, there's no. You're too close. The wow. bus will pick you up if you want to be a bus rider. The bus will pick you up. Huh. Well, but our elementary's on a highway, so I think right. there's a yep. little bit of a legal yep. reason there. But it's and then I look at the pickup lines. And I just look out at the pickup lines, and like if I have to pick up my kids because of a, an appointment or something, and I go over to the elementary, and I just think, why are all these kids getting picked up, and how are these parents not allowing their kids just to ride the bus? My son, I'm, I work at school. He gets on the bus. I put him on the bus. He comes. I, he goes with me to the high school, and I put him on the bus from the high school to the elementary. I don't have a way to get him there any other mm-hmm. way. And he tells me about some of the crazy stuff that's mm-hmm. on the bus. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's where I learned about a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and guess what? It doesn't mean yeah. you got to do it. Right. Yeah. Like, right. It, it's, 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 it's learning. And, uh-huh. and I think that parents are almost afraid. And the hardest thing to figure out, and it's been the hardest thing for me to figure out, is to let them fail. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, let them mess exactly. up, man. Go out mm-hmm. and fall down a couple times. Yeah, I know that my kids or teachers at school have asked me before, like, you're letting your daughter date that kid? And I'm like, she'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll figure it out. No, my mom never told me, like, hey, you're dating that kid? Right. Like, or there were never any teachers that came and questioned. That's always my big urge I have to fight, like... <laughs> uh, man, especially having two daughters and knowing uh-huh. how boys are, like it's just like, mm, gosh. Anyways, I mean, I was I, I always think that's a big part. I don't want to say I was judgmental, but I would always tell my oldest, invite him over. Yeah, if he, you know, I didn't tell her this. If he doesn't shake my hand, I'm not going to give him a break. Yeah, yeah. Well, if he or if he if he always has an excuse as to why he can't come uh, over, yeah. 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 Like, okay, I know what your intentions are now, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's – I think that's a. I think that's the biggest part is is we've we've kind of done that to ourselves. But I think through coaching, you can create that culture through that competition daily. You can create that toughness. Because um, I don't think you look at, at my team and when they approach the floor, they're yeah. – they're, they want to battle. They want to compete. They, they know that we're there to do a job. And to do it, mm-hmm. what we say, the Frankton way. There's a, there's a way that we do it. It's all fixable, right? It is. It is. Everything is fixable. Now, are you going to have a lot of blood, sweat, and tears along the way? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because it doesn't change overnight. And before it normally gets better, it gets worse. <laughs> exactly. Because they're going to fight it. So before we let you go, i got a question. Absolutely. What does coaching mean to you? Um, you know, I, I, this is – this. I think I think Bomber was a big reason as to why I became a coach. He was able to instill something in me that uh, that I didn't know that I even really was desiring or anything like that. But but for me, not having a dad growing up, I just want to be a positive positive father figure uh-huh. um, for even kids who have both parents. I just want them to know that that males don't have to be they don't have to fit these stereotypical. Mm-hmm thing i can say i love you I can, i've cried with the girls before i'm not a very emotional person i think my daughter even said like it's like the second only the second time i've ever seen you cry <laughs> um but i think that that's the the end of the day i just want to i want to be a father figure it's why yep. i probably became a teacher um i know i always think of john wooden's book they call me coach but mm-hmm. he always he always kind of didn't like that because he was like i was a teacher and i got to coach um and, and I can kind of get that, but 
I mean, I don't care if kids call me coach at school or anything like that. I mean, like you're going to call me Mr. Hammaker, I'm a teacher. But I mean, it, it's ironic that the thing, the things that through the school, the thing that I get paid the most for, and this is every coach, that's probably the least thing that anybody's worried about. It's mm-hmm. the it's the thing that you get paid the least amount for. Exactly. That everybody is is so so that coach title weighs a lot, and and for me to want to get out of basketball was not an easy decision. It was terrible telling my team because I know that in their minds, the way teenagers think, they think I'm quitting on them. And Mm -hmm. I just hope that they heard I'm doing this for my kids. I'm not just doing this to, to be done. But when you compare eight months to these little two and a half month sports, there's a big difference. Uh There's a big difference. And, um, and I still get that coaching feeling because I, I help with athletics as well. Mm-hmm. So got my teaching position, help with athletics. I mean, I I just I like to be around. I like to be around and mm-hmm. watch kids be successful. Um, I like to watch them get into those situations where they think they can't do it, where they're running into that wall over and over and over. And I really think that's kind of what I was missing when I when I decided to quit basketball. I didn't have anybody say, "Hey, maybe yep. maybe you can." I, even though I don't think I would have ever taken a spot from Jake or, or Braden, but <laughs> someone just to kind of nudge me and push mm-hmm. me in that direction. Um, Cause I wasn't terrible, but right. I, I was a pretty mediocre player and, and uh, I just needed to work at it. Right. And I think that's what I just try to explain to my players over and over and over. What's your time of investment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How much you watching TikTok? Right. When you could be working on your jump shot. Yeah, I know. I hate Damn TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. YouTube, TikTok, all that stuff. You know what? I learned how to lay flooring (laughs) watching TikTok. There's some good things out there. Yeah. uh, But when they're just doing this little happy, slappy, clappy stuff, (laughs) watching somebody do something that's just ridiculous over and over and over, and you get into that that scrolling where you just, okay, another. another, We've all become goldfish. We have a short, short, short Uh, attention span. It's tough. It's tough. It's time to move on. Yeah. Something new. Yeah. that that last conversation we had right there, that's just that that that's me. I mean, you know, my dad died two days before I turned ten years old. Mm. Mm. I never had a father figure. Yeah, I didn't push myself. Nobody, like you said, there, there wasn't really anybody tell me that. But now, yeah, you know, I've been coaching for twenty some years, and it's, yeah. I'm like you. That's you got to be that extra father figure. Absolutely, yeah. and that's that's something we. That's how me and Ted got into this. We have a, a shared. Uh, goal of you know looking out for kids like us and this guy i I can't even tell you how many times i've seen him pick kids up for practice Mm. take them home just remarkable uh i love that dude yeah yeah he's a good guy listen every community needs people Mm -hmm. that are that are are in it for the right reason right Yep. Not chasing wins and losses or anything mm-hmm. like that, but now, just really being. There was a time <laughs> when I thought it was wins well, yeah. and losses. When you're younger, right? Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Me included, yeah. everybody. Yeah. We all were, yeah. Man. Like you said, we grow older and wiser. And I do have one more question. Yeah, now. absolutely. If you could sit down with anybody and have a conversation, who would it be? Oh, Maybe my. somebody you've never met before and you just. No, I think this is. Uh, I'd probably sit back. I'd, I'd want to sit back down with my grandma. Okay. Um, she she passed during my coaching, and uh, I felt a little bit guilty about that. I probably wasn't there as often as I should have. Yeah, um, I, I would probably do that. That's that's a she's a probably the patriarch of of our family. So, um, 
I think that's more important than anybody that's a Maybe Pete Sampras or Roger right. Federer, or if it was a tennis player, Michael Jordan. Like I think that that would be more important to me uh-huh. to kind of get that opportunity because one, I had such a great relationship with her, and feel like I missed out on uh-huh. on kind of those last those last little moments. This man's got his priorities straight. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, my grandmother I raised me. Yes. So. But thank strong you, again. grandmas. Yeah, grandmas. Hey, they're strong. Oh, man. they are. I had a a Mexican grandma. She was pretty rough. <laughs> so, thank you so much yeah, for you taking coach. time, and we appreciate you coming thank you. over. Thank you. Good luck in your cross country yeah, and your absolutely. tennis. Absolutely, and tennis season's going to start on March 13th, so I got go. a little bit of downtime here. <laughs> I got a feeling we're going to see him going to state in that too. Uh, I wouldn't surprise Ooh, me. That one's a little tougher. That one's a little tougher. You got to have kids who are playing nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. Sport, so. <laughs> we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Beast Print out of Fairmount, Mama Pearson's uptown Main Street in Gas City. Yep, the Soporium, Jennifer Swanner at Nicholson 2.0, and Backyard Builder. For a quality fence and decking needs, call Eric Skeens at 765-667-5974 and Jonesy's Lawn Care, uh-huh. residential or commercial, Ted. Hey, he's also working on golf carts. Yeah, he is. 765-667-5097. See you guys later. Thanks, guys.